0: jcasnetwork.org
1: Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Rabbi Abby Sosslet, and today we're studying Daf Nun Zion, page 57, in Masachet Eruvian. In the middle of 57a, our Mishnah begins with a statement by Rabbi Meir, not mean karpaf lair. We allow space for a karpaf, an open space, in a city, before we calculate its tchum, let's review these terms. Karpath is a term we've seen throughout our Masahat, referring to open space of all sorts. In this case, the Karpath is an area outside of the city that would be open space around a city, uncultivated land, parkland, land that is zoned purposely for nothing. The Karpath, according to Rabbi Mayer, is placed before is calculated. The trum as y'all remember, is the area in which it is permitted to travel, to walk on Shabbat. So the Torah teaches that one is not permitted to leave one's own residential area on Shabbat. And the rabbis established the trum Shabbat, the boundary of Shabbat, to be the area that one could call one's own home area. According to rabbinic law, the term is 2,000 amot, outside of a city or outside of one's own residential area. 2,000 amot, 2,000 handbreaths, is approximately a mile and a quarter. Rabbi Mayer adds to the discussion here by stating that one could add within that 2,000 amot, before one even calculates that, one could add in this path, this area of open land. The Chachamim in the Mishnah disagree with Rabbi Mayer, and they say, actually, we only allow space for a Karpath when there are two cities that are close together. The Karpath could help to join them, but in the case of one city, we don't need a Karpath. I am mostly interested in this simple idea of the Karpath. First of all, I think it's a very beautiful idea about zoning to allow... An area outside of a city to be zoned as an area just for parks, just for beauty. But I think that it also gets at one of the questions that often comes up about rabbinic logic and rabbinic thinking. The Karpath is, as the Mishnah explains, meant to be 70 amot and a fraction. It is meant to be the distance of 70 and a sixth amot. This is the kind of detail that people who don't understand Talmudic logic can often scoff at. In fact, I read an article recently on the Richard Dawkins um, website for reason and science about the nonsense of the Jewish roof, where an author named Grant Fleming argues to much amusement of his readers of the absurdity and the irrationality of the details of the roof. And we hear this kind of argument regularly. What 70, we can almost hear someone say it about this particular thing. What 70 a moat and a fraction for an open space? Where do you even get these ideas? But I think the source for that number, which we'll see in the Rashi, is actually a good response to those who might argue that religious law is absurdity. Let's look closely at the Rashi on that first line of the Mishnah. So he explains how this works. When one comes to measure the trum, one doesn't begin at the wall of the city, but rather 70 amot and a, a little bit. In one begins. Rashi offers here two words that I think adds so much to the meaning of this entire idea. Why do we do that? He writes, ha-mishkan. because that is like the courtyard of the Mishkan. Think about for a minute what Rashi is really saying here. That Karpath is important in its own self. It is zoning for a city to have beauty is important in its own self. But it is actually a link back to the Mishkan, with which we traveled in the wilderness for 40 years. The Mishkan, our own center of holiness, when we were in the desert, always had around it an area, an open space that was 70 amot and a little bit. And so when we create our own cities, Rabbi Meir is suggesting that we add in that kind of karpaf to give our own cities that same sense of beauty and dignity. We can imagine this beautiful Mishkan with space all around it. Our cities and our own homes are meant to appear the same. This is the opposite of the absurdity that some people see in the Talmud. In my mind, this is a reminder that everywhere we live is a Mishkan. Everywhere we live is a place in which we are trying to have God dwell, an area in which we want the that the, we want the divine to be Shochin, Mishkan. That is a very, very beautiful idea. And while it may seem to the untrained eye that some of these details are at the level of absurdity, when we look at these details we really see that everywhere, throughout the Talmud, there are links to our own history to our own understanding of holiness, and to our own desire to connect with the divine. Maybe I'll write something on Richard Dawkins' website. Even if I don't, it's a good thing that I get to know the power and the significance of the details of my own religious tradition. I'm glad to share them with you as well. Until tomorrow.
0: I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daff Differently. And that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.